Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Remix. What an intro. Hello. And welcome to the show. To you, me, and a poltergeist. We are your weekly drift into the shadow rift. Nice. Thank you. Nice. How's everyone been? How are you? Thank you to our patrons. For sponsoring this episode, we love you. Specifically, Bob, right now, he's listening. Because he's in the Dark Magicians tier. Because he is a Dark Magician in the Discord. I am sick again, but this time it's a head cold, not a viral cough. Mm. So, my head's. We're both sick again. We've spent so much of this year sick. I'm done. We are over it. I'm moving to Iceland, where all the bacteria is frozen. Yeah. <laughs> is that right? I don't know, maybe. No, Iceland's green. Let's go to Greenland, because that's Greenland. where the ice is. I don't think I don't that... know geography. Let's go somewhere cold, where there's no bacteria. It's right. all frozen. I don't know whether that's how... Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> bacteria works. I'm a scientist. Are you? Yeah. Well... Of the theoretical. Oh, a theoretical and scientist. My theory is, if you freeze it, it's not going to infect you. Okay. That's like how meat is preserved. Zombie. Yep. So if you go to Iceland, you'll live longer. Greenland, sorry. Well, anywhere with ice. Let's go to Antarctica. Yeah. Let's go see Those Santa negative in North 40 Pole. nights. I yeah. know North Pole is not in Antarctica, by the way. That's the South Pole. Yep. Very good, very good. I know some things. Mm. Mm-hmm. What's been new this week? Um, my car broke and then it got fixed. Yep. Mouse broke and then, and he, then got he got f- fixed. He got fixed as well, sort of. He's still on the mend. He's on medication and joint supplements because um, the vet thinks he may have early arthritis. And he pulled his neck barking so hard. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. And um, he's he's only five, so to have arthritis is like... He's a young old man. He's a, he's a young baby. He's, he's a young a baby old, old man. He's been so happy the last few days on pain relief. Oh, man. It's, I mean, who He was isolating be? himself, being all sad. Then he gets pain relief and the medication for like, you know... Literally two hours. <laughs> two hours and next thing he knows... He's rolling around. Rolling around, flicking himself over. He figured out he could bark again yeah, without it hurting. He and then bark it was literally like he barked by accident and then all of a sudden he's like... Oh holy shit! I can bark and just wouldn't stop barking. Yeah, and they it were like, was, it was "Okay, like you a, gotta be quiet." It now. wasn't barking anything. It was like barking in a happy way, like, oh, like my god. "Oh my god!" Yeah, you could sense it about him. It was adorable. Yeah, he's so but sweet. annoying at the same time because mm. you know it was pretty late. Today is Friday the thirteenth. Yes, it is. Oh man, <laughs> so cool. 
I think... You know what reminds me... You know what Friday... <laughs> you know what Friday the 13th reminds me of? Spooky stuff. Spooky stuff. Particularly, you know, those move me... Move me... Move me? The Friday 13th move me? Yeah, with those... Fr- Jason Mavorhees? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, nice laugh. <laughs> Just sound like my nan. Yeah. Yeah, I love Jason Voorhees. <laughs> Jason Voorhees? And, and Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger's a completely different franchise. Yeah, but they fight each other. In one movie called Freddy vs. Jason, it was not a Friday 13th movie. Okay. Well, guess what? Friday 13th is purely Jason Voorhees. Friday the 13th and Schmation Schmorhees reminds me of Camp, whatever that camp was called. Camp Camp Crystal Lake. Camp Crystal Lake. Because I fucking love horror movies and I know this damn shit. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And I mean... (laughs) Urban Legends who? And I think, you know what else is really cool about horror movies? The fun backing tracks, which we're missing right now, but by the magic of special effects... Now, the, now there's scary music in the background. The scary mu- music is clap on, like a yeah, like, like a, a clap on like light. A clap on light. I like clap and it'll go off. Now it's off. No. Wow, magic! <laughs> and I mean, like campfire sounds <laughs> too. Add some of those. Can uh, we have some crickets in here? <laughs> Editing Brayden, what you call him, do motherfucker? <laughs> now bring in the strings. The strings. <laughs> I'll have some violent, violent, <laughs> violent noises. Some violent, violent noises. Though. Yeah, I'll look at yeah, that. Yeah, like. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay, enough violent, violent. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Maybe like an owl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are the owl. Ooh. Anyways, before we get started, I thought I'd tell a spooky story that I don't actually think I've told you before. Mm-hmm. Okay. You always do this. I know. Me. Fucking damn it. I know, it's a good one. Every time I think I know everything about you, we watch a video about cooking eggs and I know nothing about you. <laughs> I love eggs this way. Motherfucker, what? I ask you how many times do you want your damn eggs? I want my eggs poached in tea. Well, you didn't ask. I'll do anything for you. Oh, that's nice. I made strawberry ice cream. I know. For you, yes, specifically. But it's gluten-free and you can have some. Yeah, I'll eat it. Couple spoons. Okay, so my spooky story. Here we go. So, I was driving on this old road out to where my first ex-girlfriend lived. My first Mm. girlfriend at the time. (laughs) And, yeah, I was going out there to murder her. No, <laughs> no, I was I'm going like, out there. I would be surprised. Anyways, she and like a piece. You know, everything was had, the road out there just was super creepy. But I was just driving, and then I stopped in at this gas station to get some fuel because the fucking lived out the back of whoop whoop. <laughs> and as I was in talking to the cash clerk, he was like looking at my car, and I'm like, "What the hell's that? What?" Why are you looking at my car? And he's just like looking back and forth at me and he's getting real creepy. So I go back to my car and then he runs out after me. So I drive off and then he gets in his car and chases me. Turns out the axe murder was in the back of my car the whole time. Did you really just make that up right now? <laughs> Have you never heard that stupid story? Do you really just make that shit up right now? Yes. 
and the <laughs> guy was fucking kidding. And the guy was trying to save me the whole time. Okay. Yeah, I think maybe he was in cohorts with the Cohorts. I don't know the word coerting. Coerting. They were coerting. I think together. he was coerting. Coercion. With the. Like that. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> this confession was coerced. I have a slight fever. Yep. I can say whatever fucking words I want and they will mean what I want them to mean. Okay. I think they were coerting together. <laughs> coerting. <laughs> Are you spelling that Q W E R T Y? They were quirting together. They were quir- They were courting each other. They were courting. They wanted your car. Okay. To court in. Yeah. Oh, wink. Winking. Yeah. Anyway, I just figured. I just figured. <laughs> I just realized we're not on webcam or anything. Yeah. And no one can see me. Winking. winking. Yeah. They can hear it. But. You know, speaking of your stupid story. So the, the, the point of that story was that we're telling campfire ghost stories now because <laughs> uh, because it's Friday the 13th and we're sitting around a campfire thanks to the magical... <laughs> can see it. We all have ESPN. <laughs> exactly. Our, our <laughs> all of our listeners have ESPN and can see our uh, cam winks. Cam- oh, non-camera wings. <laughs> the reason why we're talking about weird stories like that one I just told you, which is definitely not real, is we're telling campfire ghost stories because we're sitting around a campfire. It's a, Friday 13th. There's a witch in the distance. There's a lake just behind us. Someone broke a bottle over there. Someone's about to jump into the lake skinny dipping and cannonball. get murdered by a guy with a machete. Listen, cannonball. There we go. <laughs> I forget you're gonna What's add that? The sound of it. Uh, helicopter. <laughs> oh no, they're they're firing on us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna add any sound effects to any of this. <laughs> it's too much work. We need no, an actual, I'll do it. We need a sound guy. A sound guy. Bob, where are you at? Sound guy. <laughs> <laughs> but you're ridiculous axe murderer story <laughs> which I forgot 95% of and just botched it yeah I could just see. like the murder because I'm alive okay that's what that scar is actually from yeah oh I cut myself tell, that's another yeah, new thing tell that your sidebar yeah okay well I cut myself at work and, and then I... okay this okay anyone else injures themselves at work what do you do go get your stitches and go home get some fucking macis or something what does Brayden do Goes back to work. <laughs> I, I got stitches. Get that workers comp. I got stitches. I went and got antibiotics and everything. I had my tetanus shot, uh, and then I went and got my antibiotics, and then bought new socks because so- his other socks were bloody. And then I went across and got new socks because my socks were bloodied from, or my one sock was bloodied from blood pouring down my leg, and then I went back to work. No one does that. No well, one in I the do. world. It, like, no, a doctor is a... Tis, tis only a flesh wound, my lady. <laughs> if, even if a doctor got injured, they'd be like, fuck you, so I'm going home. I was fuck just, I was just thinking if any of my co-workers made a bet on whether or not I'd be back. Do you know what one of my managers did? Literally got hit in the head by a prong, went home. A prong? A prong, like a, that you hang clothes on. Oh. In the shops. A clothes hanger. 
Do you know, I've had boxes fall on my head and I've not gone home. Yeah. Bitch has like, literally a prong sitter in the head. She's like, I think I'm gonna have a concussion and went home. Cry baby. But you, you're fucking cut. Cut. You blood, there's four stitches in there. You can make a smiley face out of them stitches. And you went back to work. Dickhead. Dickhead? Dickhead. Hey. Hey, that's rude. Mind you, I probably should have gone home after I got hit in the head with boxes. It was a box. How many? Did someone <laughs> just throw in boxes at you? No, head or this something? was before they realised we should have height restrictions in the stores in the back rooms. Yeah. And I reached up to grab a box and it knocked down three boxes of heels on my head. And like, not like little stiletto heels, they were wedges, so they're like solid fucking shoes. Mm. In my noggin. Once no, I was about 18. Once I was trying to find this like piece of jewellery and I took it off this little pillar and then suddenly this big ball of stone rolled at me. I ran down a hallway and I got crushed by it. And um, I went back Were to... Were you Indiana Jones? <laughs> what the fuck? I went back to work. Are <laughs> you Indiana Jones? Yeah. Alright. How is it? You can call me Indy. No. <laughs> Anyway. We're both feverish. I'm sorry. I think things are funny when they're definitely not. <laughs> you can call me Indie. <laughs> I thought there was nothing more to that. You didn't say anything yeah, well, else. I didn't. I'm like, I didn't know where I was going with right it. Now? I was hoping something funny would come to my mind before I said it, but I just <laughs> no. Did. We're sick. It doesn't happen that yeah, way. Yeah. Like what? <coughs> joke did I make earlier? Some lady was crossing the road and I'm like, oh look at me, I'm on my phone crossing the road blah blah blah, like as if that was a joke <laughs> all I did was explain what she was fucking doing crossing the road at the crossing like a normal fucking pedestrian <laughs> Hey, oh look at us, we have marshmallows on sticks cause we're around a campfire again. Boom, segue I have a story, it's a pretty classic one kind of goes along the lines of Brayden's shitty little axe murder story. Okay. It's called, we all know it, The Hook. Oh, Captain Hook. Oh, boy, I hooked you. Peter Pan. Ooh. Hook one and... and it goes as okay. so. Everyone gather your torches under your face. Get your popsicles. I mean, not your popsicles. Your popcorn. Get your popsicles around the campfire. <laughs> They're just melting. <laughs> I just have this image, right? Of, like, this camp person leader, you know? And, like, all their little children around the campfire. They're like, come on, kids, put your popsicles in there. It's just... It's just this ice blocks just melting all over the fucking fire and these kids are like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why is this funny to us? I don't know. Are we high? Yeah, no. Maybe. There's a lot of smoke going on around here oh, lately. Yeah. We've got massive bushfires burning with like 150 firefighters. Alright, tell us, tell us about Captain Hook. Enough of the sad popsicle meltings. Well, Captain Hook had his hand bitten off by a crocodile and then he placed with the hook. But this is the story called The Hook. Yeah, tell us about it. <clears throat> a pair of attractive teens are parked at Make Out Point or Lover's Lane, depending on your version of the story. An isolated spot on the edge of town. The boyfriend switches on the radio for some mood music. Oh. And the two start canoodling. Oh. But just as things are getting hot and heavy, 
they're interrupted by a breaking news story. A murderer has escaped from the nearby state asylum. He's armed and dangerous, and he has a hook in place of his right. Wow, I love how they let him keep that hook in the state asylum. Right? <laughs> Anyways, everything back on. The girlfriend is obviously frightened and wants to go home straight away, but the boyfriend insists that they'll be fine. He locks all car doors and tries to kiss her again. She calmly explains that no means no, and she wants to go the hell home. Oh, hell yeah. Annoyed, the boyfriend slams the gas pedal and drives her back to her house. It's only when they both get out of the car that he notices something dangling from the door handle. A bloody steel hook. Oh! Oh, chills! <laughs> That's a scary one. Dude, that other dude sitting across the campfire is looking real He scary. wet himself. <laughs> Look did. at... Ha ha, wet pants. <laughs> oh, don't talk shit. I think that's Schmation Schmorschmies. <laughs> yeah, he does have a hockey mask on. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> but we all know the classics like Bloody Mary and yeah, yeah. all that fun stuff. And the shockingly true story of the girl getting buried alive and the... Mm. The bell sounding, and now you can hear that every night on this day, blah, blah, blah. That was such a creepy horror story from around the campfire. Shall I tell you one now? What about you, Schmace and the Schmorschmies, otherwise known as Bob? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, this happened to a friend of a cousin of my grandma's best friend's uncle. Okay. <laughs> and... Do you guys still talk today? Yeah, we're best you friends. Ben's house? Yeah. So this happened. This one's called Mister Widemouth. During their childhood, their family was like a drop of water in a vast ravine, never remaining in one location for very long. They settled in Rhode Island when she was just eight years old, and there they remained until they went to college in Colorado Springs. College in Colorado. College in collagen. <laughs> <laughs> so most of her memories are rooted in Rhode Island. There are fragments in the attic of her brain which belong to various homes they had lived in when they were much younger. I love how you got your phone torch up underneath your face. Bob probably already knew that because he's got ESPN. Oh yeah, he does. So most of those memories were unclear and pointless. Chasing after another boy in the backyard of a house in North Carolina trying to build a raft to float on the creek behind the apartment they rented in Pennsylvania, and so on. But there is one set of memories which remains as clear as glass, as though they were just made yesterday. She often told me that she wondered whether those memories were simply lucid dreams produced by long sickness, or if they were real. Bom bom! Put a, put bom, a, bom bom. bom. So when they were living in a house just outside the bustling metropolis of New Vineyard, Maine, uh, population 643 people, fun fact. Nice. Uh, it was a large structure, especially for the family of three that were there. There were a number of rooms. Yeah, she didn't really see many of them in the five months that they were residing there. In some ways, it was sort of like a waste of space, but it was the only house on the market at the time, and at least within... An hour's commute of her father's workplace. My 
friends, cousins, my grandma's nephews, guinea pigs. Yeah. Best friend. Piglets. Piglets, yeah. So the day after her fifth birthday, she came down with a fever and the doctor said that she had mononucleosis. She had mono. Which meant no rough play and another fever for at least another three weeks. So it was a horrible time for her. She was bedridden and they were in the process of packing things to move to Pennsylvania. Yes, you. Did she get bed sores? Yep. Yeah, she had bed sores. Lots. My grandma's friends, guinea pigs. Child's uh, ex-lover had bed sores. Wow, okay. Yeah. So most of the things were already packed in boxes and her bedroom was getting barren just with her in her bed, you know, a bit sick still. So her mother brought her a ginger ale and books several times a day. They served as the function of being the primary source of sort of entertainment for the next few weeks. Shit. Yeah. Boredom always loomed just around the corner waiting to rear its ugly head and compound her misery. Well, she didn't exactly recall how she met Mr. Widemouth. I think it was about a week after she was diagnosed with mono. Her first memory of the small creature was asking him if he had a name, to which he said, My name's Mr. Widemouth. God, you say it like that. Because his mouth was so large, you know? In fact, Everything about him was large in comparison to his tiny body. His head, his eyes, his crooked ears, and his mouth was by far the largest, so she said. She told him that he looked kind of like a Furby, (laughs) and he just stopped and sort of gave her a puzzling expression. Furby? What's a Furby? And she sort of shrugged, you know, the toy, the little robot with the big ears, you can pet and feed them, almost like a real pet. Is this, are they sponsored... By Furby, is this what it is? Yeah, this is sponsored by Furby. <laughs> so Mr. Widemouth said, Oh, and resumed his activity. You don't need one of those. They aren't the same as having a real friend. Do you like this voice I'm doing? So she remembered Mr. Widemouth disappearing every time her mother came in to check on her. I lay under your bed, he later explained. I don't want your parents to see me because I'm afraid they won't let us play anymore. How they were they playing? They were playing. So she didn't do much during those first few days. Mr. Widemouth just kind of looked at the books, fascinated by the stories and pictures they contained. The third or fourth morning after meeting him, he greeted her with a large smile on his face and said, I have a new game we can play. We have to wait until after your mother comes in to check on you, because she can't see us play it. It's a secret game. Oh, that's always what a pedophile says. (laughs) Mr. Widemouth. Damn boy. Ew. So after her mother came... (laughs) After her mother came to deliver more books and soda at the usual time, Mr. Widemouth slipped out from underneath the bed and tugged on her hand. We have to go to the room at the end of the hallway, he said. Of course, she objected at first as... Parents uh, had forbidden her from entering that room or leaving her bed at all. And Mr. Widemouth obviously persisted because he's a creep. So the room in question had no furniture or wallpaper. Its only real distinguishing feature was a window opposite to the doorway. Mr. Widemouth darted across the room and gave the window a firm push, flinging it open. He then beckoned her to look out at the ground below. They were on the second floor, I should 
second floor, second floor story of the house. But it was on a hill, and from this angle, the drop was farther than two stories due to the decline. I like to play pretend up here, Mr. Widemouth said, obviously. And he said, tell by the voice, but... <laughs> No, I didn't think so. I pretend that there's a big soft trampoline below this window, and I jump. If you pretend hard enough, you bounce up like a feather. I want you to try. So she was five years old with a fever, so only a hint of scepticism really darted through her thoughts as she looked down and considered the possibilities. You know, it was a pretty long drop. But... That's all part of the fun. (laughs) It wouldn't be fun if it was only a short drop. If it were that way, you may as well just bounce on a real trampoline. And she sort of toyed with the idea, you know, picturing herself falling through thin air only to bounce back to the window on something unseen by human eyes. But the real, the realist in her sort of prevailed, maybe some other time, you know, she said. I don't know whether I have enough imagination, I could get hurt. And Mr. Widemouth's face contorted into snarl, but only for a moment. Anger gave away to disappointment. If you say so, he said, and he spent the rest of the day under her bed, as quiet as a mouth. Mouth. As quiet. Mr. Wide Mouse. <laughs> as quiet. We're not okay. No, we're not. As quiet as a mouse. The following morning, Mr. Wide Mouth arrived holding a small box. I want to teach you how to juggle, he said. Here are some things to practice before I start giving you lessons. And in the box, it was full of knives. My parents will kill me, she said. Horrified that Mr. Widemouth had brought knives into my room. Objects that my parents would never allow me to touch. I'll be spanked and grounded for the year, she said. He's like, yeah, I'll spank it. It's fun to juggle with these. I want you to try. Sorry about my scaring you. Well, you should be scared. You're on scare tactics. Oh no, how could you do this to me? That Jason Schmorschmies. Ah. <laughs> so, Mr... Yeah, she's just like, I can't do that. I'll get in trouble. Knives aren't safe to throw into the air. Mr. Widemouth's frown deepened into a scowl and he took the box of knives and slid under her bed, <laughs> remaining there for the rest of the day. And she began to wonder how often he was underneath her. She started to have trouble sleeping after that. Mr. Widemouth often woke her up in the night, saying he put a real trampoline under the window, a big one, that she couldn't see in the dark. She always declined and tried to go back to sleep, but Mr. Widemouth would always persist. Sometimes he stayed by her side until the early morning, encouraging her to jump. 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 Come on, just give her a jump. (laughs) He wasn't so fun to play with anymore. Her mother came to her one morning and told her that she had a permission to walk around outside. She thought the fresh air would be good for her, especially after being confined to her room for so long. Ecstatic, she put on her sneakers and trotted out to the back porch, yearning for the feeling of the sun on her face. Mr. Widemouth was waiting for her. I have something I want you to see, he said. She must have given him a weird look because he said, It's safe. I promise. So she followed him. No, I don't believe mother. So she followed him to the beginning of the deer trail which ran through the woods behind the house. This is an important part, he explained. I've had a lot of friends about your age, 
When they were ready, I took them down this path to a special place. You aren't ready yet, but one day I hope to take you there. Two weeks after she met Mr. Widemouth, the last load of, our, of her things had been packed into the moving truck. And she would be in the cab of the truck, sitting next to her father on the long drive to Pennsylvania. She considered telling Mr. Widemouth that she would be leaving, but even at five years old, she was beginning to suspect that perhaps the creature's intentions were not always to her benefit. No shit, he's trying to get you to jump out of a window and juggle, and juggle knives. We or, all know five-year-olds hey, can't even juggle. The circus is a cutthroat business, so you got to have something that really sets you apart. That really cuts throats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think jumping on trampolines out of windows at the age of five and juggling knives sets you apart. Anyways, for that reason, she decided to keep her departure a secret. Her father and her were in the truck at 4am, and he was hoping to make it to Pennsylvania by lunchtime the day after. Her dad seemed more like a man who was about to run a marathon rather than one who was about to spend two days sitting still in a car. Early enough for you? her dad asked. And she nodded and placed her head against the window, hoping to catch some sleep before the sun came up. And she felt her father's hand on her shoulder, knowing that this would be the last move and it had been hard on her as she'd been sick. So she opened her eyes and they backed out of the driveway. She saw Mr. Widemouth's silhouette in her bedroom window. He stood motionless until the truck was about to turn onto the main road. He gave a pitiful little wave goodbye, steak knife in hand. Years later, she returned to New Vineyard. The piece of land that her house had stood upon was empty, except for the foundation as the house had burned down a few years after the family had left. Out of a curiosity, she followed that deer trail that Mr. Widemouth had shown her, part of her expecting him to jump out from behind a tree and scare the living crap out of her. But she felt that Mr. Widemouth had gone somehow, and he was somehow tied to that house which no longer existed. Anyways, the trail ended at New Vineyard Memorial Cemetery, and she noticed that many of the fucking tombstones belonged to children. Was that creepy? What did you think, Schmason Schmorschmies? <laughs> he laughed. Yeah. What did you think? I was okay. I was okay, not as scary as what you thought? No. Supposedly that's real. I think so. Either that or that person has schizophrenia. Maybe a little bit of schizophrenia. Is it schizophrenic? Is that when you see stuff? Yeah, like Mr. Widemouth? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty easy to imagine Mr. Widemouth, I think. All I'm seeing is the Crooked Man from the Conjuring. Oh, the Crooked Man's creepy. Oh, did you hear that? <laughs> no, there would not be a door creaking. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, we're at a campground. Camp Maybe Crystal Lake. Camp firing it up. Camp Crystal Meth. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> A. Did you hear that junkie back there? Shooting up. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, he's got a gun. Slapping his fucking veins. <laughs> the special effects on this episode are gonna be bizarre. So weird. Oh my god, look out! Uh, Molly! Look, it's a Loch Ness monster. Little jokes, it's a dead body. Oh my god, a T Rex! <laughs> <laughs> A T-Rex is coming to join us around the campfire. 
Do you have another story? I do have a story, and it kind of teams back with... Captain Hook. No. Last week's episode of... Jim. No. Of our haunted carnivals. Oh. <coughs> we haven't seen Pennywise... We haven't seen it too yet. At this stage of recording this. But hopefully we will. I fucking want to see it so bad. It looks so creepy. I'm going to have the nightmares. <laughs> the first It movie made Belinda have nightmares for weeks. Not weeks, probably just one week. You are flicking, waking up. You were screaming in your sleep. I wasn't screaming. Uh, yeah, not that you remember. But I remember waking up to you going... Are you sure that wasn't fucking sleep paralysis? Well, I poked you and you woke up. I don't know, were you having sleep paralysis and Pennywise was just doing that weird carnival dance? Oh, fuck, I hate when he does that. This is Hank's Country Food Fair. Who did this happen to? Um... I'm not like you and I can't do that. This is by Hyper Obscura on Reddit, on a Reddit thread. Yep. Um, short scary stories. Nice. My friend Hank's annual country food fair always draws in the wrong crowd. I have been telling him this for years, but he refuses to listen. I first started conversing with Hank after reading one of his posts on a cooking subreddit some years ago. We had a lot of things in common. We'd spend hours discussing the finer arts of eclectic cuisine. He told me about the idea he had for the country food fair. And I must admit, it sounded interesting. I'll bet not up my personal alley. What, what, do you fu- what, what do you fucking... What do you think that, that kind of food... What? Uh. Corn on the cob, but without the corn bone, it's a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> is that the kind of food you'd think they'd have at Country Fair? I think Bob is the only one who they knows what kind of food they would have. Funnel cakes. Funnel cakes? Bob, corn what yards. sort of food would you assume would be at a Country Fair that'd be a bit out there? Corn dogs are corn good. Dogs. I wish I could eat corn dogs. The still. Dagwood dogs, just to. Or Pluto pups. We have many names for them. Nope, Dagwood dog. <laughs> I once got one that was pretty much just a whole bread loaf with a bratwurst inside of it. Oh, hell yeah. It was good. Hey. Although I was like eight years old, so maybe it would just seem bigger than what it actually was. They would, no, I was going to say, would they have cornbread? But that's kind of like Fried butter, fried food. Oreos. Fried everything. Cake. I've seen... America. America. <laughs> yeah. I've seen, there was one show, like back in the day and they fucking took watermelon and deep fried it oh that's like the most healthiest fruit it's fucking water yeah. as a fruit Have you and seen you fucking deep fried it deep fried lemonade oh how shit. do you do that what is that how do you do that what is that it doesn't make sense to me what what <laughs> you know although do you know what i really like rocky that? mountain oysters what rocky mountain oysters what's that Bull testicles. <laughs> <laughs> Deep fried tequila Wait, shots. Wait, what? Hot damn. Excuse me? We're taking a trip to wherever there's deep fried tequila fucking shots? Oh, Bob loves Rocky Mountain Ew, Oysters. Bob, come on. They're come really on. nutty. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Braided. <laughs> what I was gonna say, what I really like from Chinese restaurants though, deep fried ice cream. Yum, yeah, it's always good. It's always fun. He had been trying to get me to come for years. I've always declined because of the distance, but this year I was in a neighbouring town. So I figured I'd pop by and check it out. It was only an hour's drive, so it really couldn't hurt. He hosted the fair on a remote farm about 30 minutes off the main road. Okay, all I'm hearing is serial killer right now. 100%. 100%. Real rustic area. Not really my cup of tea, but out of respect for Hank, I ignored that and that obvious lack of elegance. I pulled up around midday, the blistering hot sun making me quite uncomfortable. I'm a northern girl, too much sunlight can really ruin my day. There were about 10 or so cars there and I, when I pulled up. And it only took seconds before I saw the lumbering figure of Hank jogging down from one of the food stalls. He raised a hand in greeting, so I got out of the car and smiled. He was... The, uh, he really was the sweetest guy. Rosie! He yelled excitedly. So good to see you! Sorry, I don't do voices. That's okay. He gave me a big bear hug and I felt my back cracking as he lifted me off the ground. That's nice. <laughs> I, want some, I want a friend like that. I let out an audible grunt of pain. Oh, he said worried. Did I hurt you? It's fine, I smiled. Just come back. Just some back issues is all. You know how work can be sometimes? <laughs> I don't know. He nodded and ushered me along up the trail to the house. Don't I just, he said. The house was the perfect representation of what I had always jokingly referred to Hank as huge and tasteless. But it did have its rural charm. I'll give it that. Hank offered me some iced tea and he was... And we just sat and chit-chatted for a while, updating each other on life in general. After a while, he asked me if I wanted to take a tour of the fair. I was hesitant still, but quietly agreed. He showed me all the assorted dried meat hung on display, being poked and prodded by other visitors. Conceptually interesting. I just wasn't that into it. It all felt a bit tacky. I think Hank caught on to my general lacklustre demeanour and nudged me jokingly. Not your thing, eh? He asked. I know you think it's too, what's the word, unsophisticated. It's not just that, I said, eyeing the fresh human torso hanging from one of the stalls. What the fuck? I just think it's an easy way to get caught. Oh. Ew. So he's cooking. I was about to say cannibal before. No one gets that big and lumbering without eating a couple of corpses. <laughs> <laughs> That's my excuse for being short anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're going to say that to Albert Fish? No. He was a cannibal. I'm just reminded. He was very scrawny. Oh, really? Mm. That guy in the story reminds me of. Um, what was his name again? Hank. Hank. He reminds me of. I'm just picturing Ed. Kemper? Kemper. Like the tall. Yeah, really gross. Tall one. and kind of. <coughs> awkward. Broad. Lumbering human. human being. But that was. um. That's a good, creepy one. So, he was either a... Oh, well, I mean, he is a murderer. Yeah. He's I told you, serial killer vibes. I'm not just saying that. I haven't even no. read that whole story before, 100%. by the way. 
So I'm going to tell one more spooky story before we call it a night. Head back to the tents and maybe... Um, Spray some Aragard. Aragard. It's getting nippy out here. Yeah, there's some mosquitoes. Should be right. And maybe we put the children to sleep. Okay, the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I need to have a nap. You do need a nap. So this is just a short one. This is a supposedly true story. Most of these, you know, can't confirm or deny, but this one says it's supposedly true. By so line, so lonely, two hundred on Reddit. So it says that he used to be a janitor at a public high school, and he thinks he encountered a demon. Ooh, bitch. <laughs> so I'm not going to do the whole voice thing anyway. So it says that. He'd been a janitor at his local high school for about 15 or so years. So when he said he'd seen it all, he meant he'd seen it all. <laughs> One time, some sick bastard smeared <laughs> shit on the bathroom walls in the girls' room. Ew! So when he got the call that there was an incident for him to go and clean in the library, he was prepared for the worst. Shit in the girls' room? You know what? Girls are actually disgusting. I remember one time in high school... Um, sorry if you have a period phobia, but some girls literally smeared their period blood on tampons F. all over the mirrors and like hung them off the toilet stalls. Yuck. The bow desert, yo. That's disgusting. Feral as fuck. I also remember one chick got expelled because she was... Caught um, giving gobbies in the girls' toilet. Giving a blowjob in high school in the girls' toilet. She was only grade 8, too. Oh my god, yuck. Australia! (laughs) So he thought that perhaps someone had puked in the library. Uh, He didn't know, but he headed over there with the proper supplies for cleaning. And as he approached the library, he smelled sulfur and saw some students running in panic and heard a swarm of insects. You know what, as I continue reading, this sounds less and less believable. (laughs) What the hell? As he approached the library, he saw hundreds of flies coating the windows, and he means he couldn't really see into the library through them at all. It was like a swarm. So his curiosity outweighed his fear, and he pulled open the doors, and he was hit with the smell of sulfur like a punch to the face. The flies that covered the door didn't so much as react. A few students pushed past me, running for their lives, and he saw in the centre a young girl. She was in the fetal position, saying something to herself in a language he did not recognise. He didn't recognise her, and he knew most of the students there. Well, enough to know I'm of sight anyway. She wore a tattered white dress with matted black hair and the palest of skin. She looked up at him... Her eyes were piercing icy blue. A centipede crawled in one eye socket and out the other as she continued staring and her breath smelled of rotten decay like a dead or dying animal. He gulped and said, Miss, you need to leave. Leave, she repeated back in his own voice. What the hell was he looking at, he wondered. He, against his best interest, but unsure of how to approach this situation, put his hand on her shoulder. And he instantly removed it as he felt something crawling underneath her skin. What looked like a locust crawled out of her mouth. Then she spoke. I wouldn't do that. That time she spoke in his wife's voice. 
The smell of sulfur had gotten a lot stranger. <laughs> what stranger? A lot stronger <laughs> since he had gotten close to her. She stood, and a fucking rattlesnake fell out from between her legs. Ew. <laughs> Where's that been hiding? She, she a bit kinky. <laughs> so, along with what I, he could only assume to be urine pouring out alongside the rattlesnake. What the fuck was this, he wondered. She giggled and said, Do you like them? <laughs> yeah, she real kinky. <laughs> he wasn't going to stick around. Like, fuck that. His paycheck wasn't worth it. So... He ran to the doors, only to find that it was locked. When he turned around, she was right in his face. She forced him against the walls. Oh, come on, she said in an inhuman voice. I wouldn't hurt a fly. She continued, and maggots began falling from her mouth as she spoke. He shut his eyes and waited for the end, as this demon had pinned him against the wall. Next thing he knew, however, he was in an ambulance being interviewed by police. It had been five hours since he entered that library, but he had no memory of what had happened after he had tried and failed to leave. The school was closed due to what authorities called a severe insect infestation, and they blame it on some bullshit. He doesn't pay much attention to it. He knew the truth. There was something not human in that library. He quit his job, and now he's the manager at a shitty grocery store. Wondered why exactly he was posting this, and he said that on the day he posted this, as he approached the store, he smelled sulfur and saw people running away and insects. Lots of insects. So, yeah, that's pretty creepy, I guess. Are you gonna have nightmares tonight as you sleep in your tent? No. And Schmason Schmorsmees spoons you? Read one that'll make you. You're like, oh shit, we have dogs. Okay, read me one. One it's more. Literally super short. One more before we go to bed, everyone. Okay, ready? Yeah. A girl is just a little afraid of the dark, so every night her dog sleeps under her bed. When she's afraid, she Classic. puts her hand out and her dog licks it to reassure her. One night, she wakes up to hear a strange dripping sound. She puts her hand down and feels the dog lick it, so she feels better and goes back to sleep. The next morning, she wakes to find the body of her dog hanging in the middle of the room, dripping blood. On the wall, someone has written, humans can lick too. Oh! That was in one of the classic campfire stories. Yeah. There was this one that I used to, I used to tell it all the time and I cannot think about it now. I think about it, I can't remember it. But it was something about like, like a thud, thud, thud on a roof car top or something. Oh yeah, that's the hook one. No, no, no. There's a different hook one. Oh well, there we go. Yeah, the one I, I remember from the hook one. Time. I can't remember how it goes. Can you? The one I remember from the hook one was that the person, the same setup with that, and then the. They're still sitting there, and she accepts his advances to continue kissing. Mm. And then they hear like a scraping, and he's like, "What the fuck's that?" And they look out, and then the guy sees that there's like a mark along. And he's like, "Oh no! Obviously, because it's a horror story, I need to go get help and leave you here alone, and I'll go off on my own." Yeah. 
and not drive my car to get help, I think it won't start. That's like the yeah, like in urban legends. Yeah. When that's the classic. Yeah, that's a that's a classic. That's classic. the classic. I wonder what the origin of that is. I guess it was just a horror story that got told, but like if there's any truth behind it whatsoever. I bet there's a little bit of truth behind things. I bet there's some like, serial killer. It's like Chinese whispers. Right. You know? You know? Oh, he actually killed himself and then someone's like, I heard. The one thing that's never changed is the hook. The hook. That's the thing that gets you. Cause it's I guess cause it's a murder weapon. Yeah. I mean, it's they not could, like after what else could they time, change it? Michael Myers has gone and gotten a fucking gun. No, he sticks with a knife. <laughs> Imagine how <laughs> a knife is so much scarier in terms of a horror villain than a gun. Because they've got to be close. Yeah, you know, yeah. They can't just shoot you from like across. It's it's a very <laughs> a personal thing to yeah. fucking kill someone. Stab someone. Yeah. So you watch out. I gotta watch out. You no. gonna kill me in my sleep when no. we're in this tent tonight? No, I would never kill you. Jason Schmorschmies will. Oh, oh shit! So you can enjoy it more. You yeah. creep. All right. Well, I'm that's fun. I'm kidding. I'm not a serial killer. I could not do this. Shit. Well, as we're sitting around the fire, I just want to remind you all that um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at You Meet a Poltergeist. Um. Yep. You can also follow our personals at Braden Farash, B-R-A-Y-D-O-N, number 5, A-S-H. And mine is Bambi Mackers, B-A-M-B-I-M-A-C-C-A-S, and C-A-M-B-F-I-R-E-S-O-N-G-S-O. <laughs> you can find us on Patreon at you, me and the Poltergeist. Go there and help support the show. We love our patrons. Patrons! We thank them for supporting the thank show you. and helping yeah. us further progress ourselves into this haunted and spooky world. Yes. So I can quit retail and be a housewife. Thank you. Also, if you have any spooky stories of your own that you'd like to share, you can go to thatsnotcanon.com slash youmeanapoltergeist. Scroll to the bottom of the page and you'll find a submission form where you can submit your own spooky stories. Also, do you reckon... Every Friday 13th, that comes up. We should just do a creepy Spooky story, story around day. a fake campfire yeah. thing. Or maybe we should do a real campfire and have a real campfire. Campfire? <laughs> Is that what you said? Have a real campfire? I said campfire twice. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay. You know what? When we finally get the tools to do this... Like, we record it and put it on YouTube. Yep. Maybe when we do the YouTube We'll video, have a campfire. We just CG. Have those little the, microphones, yeah. clip-on microphones and an actual like, campfire. No, just a CG one. CGI campfire. Yeah, you know, no, we'll get one of those prop ones where it's just, like, fabric <laughs> yeah, yeah. being blown up. Like, okay. a wackly, inflatable okay, right. tube I like man. that. Yep. With some little lights. Yes. And then we just have those fake candles And the real Jason Schmorsmies. Yeah, we'll get the real Jason Schmorsmies. Oh my god, how cool would it be if we actually started getting those collectibles? Like, Mm. the really large, like, life-size collectibles? God, no thanks. What? That's so creepy. Why? I don't want to walk around my house at night to get a drink of water and see a... Giant collectible no, horror villain. Picture this, picture this, okay. 
It's 2020. It's next year. We have our own house because we're going to be that big. With what about a life-size Pennywise? Can you listen to my yeah, okay, first? Sorry. Okay, so we have like a horror room, which is AKA podcast room. Okay. One wall is like split down the middle, Friday 13th of Nightmare on Elm Street. And then we have like the action, the, the real life like things. A sculpture almost. No, I want it. Real human bodies. Okay. okay. Just like Elma, 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 Elma McCurdy. El, Elma McCurdy, that's right. Anyway, and it's, and they're like in a face off, like, I'm gonna kill you. Like, Jason has his machete, and then Freddy Krueger has his like little claws up, mm. you know, kind of looking at each other. And then, like, on the other side, we have like Chucky and his crew, and then we've got like the full Pennywise crew on one wall, and then we're not doing any conjuring stuff. Oh, come on, Valak. Who do you reckon would win, Valak or Pennywise? In a fight. Yeah, fuck that. In a fight. Yeah, Valak or Pennywise. I think Pennywise wins because he's more powerful. I don't think so. I don't think Pennywise. Nah. I think. Pe- oh, because Pennywise only thrives off. Thrives off the fear. Fear. I, I don't think won't. Valak's gonna be scared of a fucking clown. Valak's like, I'm a nun, bitch. I'm a demon nun. Come fucking at me. Oh shit. I'm not running at you from a fucking painting. Look, babe, behind you. No, please don't. Oh, do that. it's Valak. Don't do that, please. You're getting chills. Yeah, no, All right, that. well, thank but you for anyway, joining us for this. Horror Room, coming soon. Support us on Patreon so we can do a horror room. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us for this special Friday the 13th episode. even if you're around a campfire, exercise regularly. Yeah. Alright, lights out. Peace out, motherfucker! Jesus Christ. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.